When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to a very lonely edition of the PHNX D-backs podcast. My name is Derek Monti. Of course, I'm your mayor of the city of Phoenix uh, and soon to be once again your mayor of PHNX. Uh, I will be joined by Jesse Freeman shortly. Uh, he is at Chase Field and he will be popping in here very soon. But as many of you know, the Arizona Diamondbacks have lost their ninth game in a row, losing their first game of this series with the San Diego Padres. Uh, and doing it once again in spectacular fashion where I don't know if you guys are like me, but I once again bought in. Why? I don't know. Uh, I believed. I believed. Why did I believe? Because I'm a fool. The Diamondbacks had an opportunity to come back, and they did so, uh, scoring three runs in the eighth inning to make this game interesting, a game that previously seemed like it was a blowout, and the Diamondbacks really didn't have a chance in this one. Uh, They did come back only to spectacularly blow it in the ninth. Uh, The Diamondbacks lose their ninth in a row and are now two games below 500 for the first time this entire season. So, yeah, things aren't great, to say the least. Ryan Nelson uh, was not very good tonight. Jesse is, like I said, is going to be here shortly, but uh, we did see in the postgame press conference some information about Ryan Nelson possibly tipping pitches again, uh, and that is definitely a strong possibility. It is something that Brent Strom has talked about in the past, and uh, based on Ryan Nelson's numbers tonight, you could say that that is a very real possibility. Nelson went three innings, giving up seven hits, six earned runs. He walked one, struck out two Uh, 73 pitches thrown, 48 strikes in three innings pitched. The question has been asked and will be asked, should Torrey have removed Ryan from the game sooner? Uh, That's probably a fair question. Uh, Ryan Nelson, you know, did not look very good. He gave up those runs in the two uh, in the second inning there, gave up the two runs. Uh, Maybe he could have been pulled in the third inning before he gave up the four runs that he did. Uh, However, I, I just don't know. I think that like splitting hairs here, it, it feels like we're it feels like we're sincerely to a point where the Arizona Diamondbacks like can't really do much right. And when I say that, I mean everything they try uh, goes wrong, including let's pretend, let's just pretend that they actually answered back enough to win this or, or to take a lead potentially in that eighth inning, maybe instead of a seven to five game, it's eight to seven and Scott McGuff gives up three runs in the ninth to uh, make it a 10 to eight, 10 to nine loss. Uh, it doesn't matter right now because the Arizona Diamondbacks feel so lost at the plate that they, they don't really feel like uh, they're doing much. Uh, the Cattell Hart Marte did hit a home run. Uh, he hit his first, the first Diamondbacks home run of the homestand. And then Tommy Pham hit one with men on base. Uh, and man, it was good to see Tommy Pham 
hit a home run and do something because Tommy Pham, since joining the Arizona Diamondbacks, as many of you know, has not been very good. Tommy Pham, uh, three for 21 entering tonight uh, with two RBI, three walks and seven strikeouts. Uh, He does get the home run, which is the Diamondbacks first home run with men on base in I believe 14 games. Uh, I I could be wrong about that stat. I'm not the stat guy. You guys know that. Jesse's the stat guy. So uh, really, what we need is uh, with is 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 Jesse to come in and tell us that. But uh, this one was just once again another heartbreaking loss, and the Diamondbacks uh, are doing something that's pretty historic as far as their failure goes. Benjamin Hunley in the chat says Corbin Carroll looks especially lost. Yeah, that's probably one of the most concerning things right now. I guess not to be un- unexpected, right? We know Corbin Carroll is a rookie. Uh we know that Corbin Carroll uh is uh, was was there there was no way he could have continued on the tear that he was on early in the season. I think that my concern just like many of your concerns is is how did that you know, brief moment where we thought his season might be over, where he thought his season might be over. How has that impacted him as a player, uh, both health-wise and now the changes uh, to the approach? Jesse pointed out, much like I've seen as well, that it doesn't look like he's taking the full two-handed approach uh, very, you know, uh, as something that he has to do. However, uh, it, you know, again, you just don't know really how he's been impacted because his numbers have been fairly atrocious since that incident. But um, someone else in the chat, Alex Zazuda, uh, asked, where is Sean? Uh, Sean's, we killed Sean. Sean's dead. Um, I didn't kill him. The Diamondbacks killed him. Sean, Sean finally died of disappointment. So rest in peace, Sean. We will miss you so much. Uh, he tried. He tried to come over to this podcast and join uh, this thing we were doing. He wasn't built for it. You know, that's really what it came down to. Jesse and I, we covered this team through last season and the season before. Uh, we're grizzled old vets when it comes to the Diamondbacks shitting the bed and losing uh, in spectacular fashion. So, uh, yeah, uh, the, the Diamondbacks just might have killed Sean. No, Sean is one of the most hardworking people at PHNX. He is the reason why he is my MVP. I've told you guys that. And uh, Sean actually does entirely too many shows and too much stuff around here. So we're giving Sean Friday nights off. Uh, and that is the reason why Sean is not here tonight. Also, uh, we're we're broadcasting here, uh, me from my home here in this weird uh, video game slash toy dungeon. And Jesse, like I said, will be coming to us shortly from Jace Field. But uh, sound off in the chat. I definitely want to hear from you guys because you guys are my co-host tonight for the time being. Uh, be calm, see clearly. Thank you so much for the super chat. Uh, uh, you asked what is going on was really going on explain that 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 is really what's going on sean is fine i assure you um though he he wants to die from disappointment at times uh it hasn't gotten him yet so um i guess like i said it's another you know i, I guess you could say it was a fairly lifeless day from the offense but it was probably their best offensive day in two weeks uh they they hit more than one home run they were able they were able to score runs but in in the frustrating fashion that they have done so uh, so many times recently, it feels like the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, only are able to muster up runs in a game where they're absolutely blown out or that the score is very high and they once again get close, but don't don't get enough in order for them to win. And I mean, I understand that this is uh, 
there's times where you go through a slump. There's times where things just aren't working out for you. But uh, the Diamondbacks are just uh, historically bad right now. And, and when I say that, uh, entering today, Diamondbacks uh, were went from 16 games over 500 to uh, one game under in a span of 31 games. Uh, 31 games uh, from 16 over 500 to now two games, now two games over under in a span of 32 games. And it's a meltdown that has not been achieved uh, in the modern era of baseball. In fact, you have to go back to the 1800s in order for you to really find teams that have melted down as quickly as the Arizona Diamondbacks have. We're talking about, you know, from teams you're familiar with, like the 1893 Brooklyn Grooms, who uh, it took 31 games to achieve such uh, such a task. Uh, the 1885 Providence Grays, who did it in 21 games. And then, of course, as you all know, it, there's the 1886 Louisville Colonels, uh, who did it in 29 games. So the Diamondbacks are now one of four games, teams, excuse me, four teams in history to accomplish this historic feat of futility. I don't, I don't know what to say. Uh, it's just been really bad. Can we take a look at the wild card standings, Damon? Damon's here with me. We are Damon. We're always Damon's dogs, by the way. Um, this is where we're at now. The Diamondbacks somehow are three games back uh, from the wild card. I'm not 100% sure how or why or if that matters anymore at this point. Uh, their run differential has sunken uh, atrociously below, uh, down to my minus 26. And uh, just everything, just everything is bad. But uh, here to talk about how bad things really are, it's the one and only Thunderstick, Jesse Friedman. Jesse, welcome on in. Um, we, we talked about the Diamondbacks joining uh, the the illustrious group of the Brooklyn Grooms, the Providence Grays, and the Louisville Colonels, as as one of the only teams to sink from 16 games over 500 to now two games under uh, in 31 games or less, and this is just an astonishing feat that has not been accomplished by many baseball teams uh, in recent history at all. Yeah, I mean, that was all that stat is entering today, right? I mean, that doesn't even factor in that the Diamondbacks are now two games under 500 instead of one. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's what we're that's what we're witnessing right now, Derek. It is a it is a historic level of meltdown for this Arizona Diamondbacks team. I mean, they are seven and 25 now in their last 32 games. They were 50 and 34 about a month and a half ago, 16 games over 500. And yeah, and I mean, now we're talking about a Diamondbacks team as Derek dies uh, of, a, of a coughing fit. Um, and now we're looking at a Diamondbacks team that is two games under 500 for the first time this season. This is the lowest point of the 2023 season for the Arizona Diamondbacks. It's crazy that we were at the highest point of this 2023 season, as I said earlier, just about a month and a half ago. Life, life comes at you fast. Uh, in this game, Derek, and, and we've we've uh, we've uh, really seen that with this Diamondbacks team. I just really can't believe the way that tonight went, Jesse. And when I say that, the, my main hangup is like it's it's almost like they did get the lead there in the eighth inning. I know they didn't because the hole that they kind of had dug themselves in early 
was too much to get out of. But they got close. They made it a two-run game with Tommy Pham's home run. It was great to see Tommy Pham kind of break out of, of the slump he's been in since being acquired by the Arizona Diamondbacks and, and yeah. you know, bring the team within two runs. But um, obviously the, the entire outcome of the rest would have been different had the Diamondbacks had a lead. We wouldn't have seen Scott McGuff come in. We probably would have seen Paul Seawald. But what if that still would have happened, Jesse? That's where I'm at. Like, I feel like watching Scott McGuff come in and give up three runs was just previewing the future if the Diamondbacks did have – a lead anyway it just feels like nothing can go right uh, a reliever can't even come into this game when the diamondbacks don't have a lead and and you know get through the ninth inning without it turning into a disaster now uh and and tonight you know the the offense was able to kind of have these little spurts but they remained mostly lifeless for for most of the game i mean you know you get Cattell doing his thing and tommy fam of course adding that that big home run, but there still wasn't a lot of offense generated tonight. Not a lot of base runners, not a lot of hits for this team. And it just feels like, you know, that it, we've talked about them being cursed. It just, it just flat out feels like nothing can go right for this team. Like I, yeah. I can only imagine being a part of, of the diamondbacks right now as, as a, as a baseball team. And like the dread that you have now coming into a game, instead of just having a fun time, there has to be like this, terrible sense of of never getting out of this you know just horrible stretch that they're in yeah i mean we we just talked with ryan nelson and tori lavello after the game and something that ryan nelson said multiple times is the game is just not being too kind to us right now yeah um and yeah it's probably a little bit of an understatement but yeah i mean it's like you know the d-backs made this game interesting you know it was good to see a little bit of life from the offense it turned yeah. a 7-2 game into a 7-5 game with a big three-run homer from Tommy Pham. You know, first time the Diamondbacks have scored five runs since July 26th. First time they've hit uh, a multi-run homer in a game since July 26th. So you feel, you know, you're feeling good. Things are sort of trending in, the, in a positive direction there in the eighth. And then the ninth comes, and as you were just talking about, Scott McGuff within the span of, you know, five, ten minutes, given all three runs, the, the Padres had scored all three of those runs back on the Arizona Diamondbacks almost instantly. And that's just sort of par for the course right now. You know, like that, that's just, that's just kind of the way that things are going for the Arizona Diamondbacks where when they finally do get something to go their way, you know, the bullpen comes in and, you know, immediately gives it back or, you know, whatever pitcher it may be, or, you know, defensive miscue or base running, you know, anytime the Diamondbacks seem to get some sort of positive momentum going in a game, it feels like, something goes wrong. And, and, you know, you saw that again in, in this one. And I mean, it's a five-run win for the San Diego Padres. They came in and scored 10 runs. This is a team I believe was held to, I want to say, one run total in a two-game series with the Seattle Mariners. That was the last series they played. They lost three out of four to the, to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Before that, three, all three of those losses were, were by a pretty wide margin, I think four runs or more. Yeah. So this is a team that's been struggling too. And they come in here and, you know, I mean, they, they just way outplayed the Arizona diamondbacks in this game. And, you know, you look up at, at the end of the game and 10, five, it's another pretty uncompetitive loss for the diamondbacks. Uh, Ryan Nelson talked in his post game pre- press conference about potentially tipping pitches again. Did you get any more information on this? Yeah, it was very interesting. Uh, Ryan Nelson, basically, I know we, we might have a video on this. Maybe we'll, we'll get to that at some point. Um, 
but for the moment I can sort of paraphrase Ryan Nelson basically said that tipping is something that he's talked about with diamondbacks coaches quite a bit. It's something that Brent Strom talked about recently after a, a Ryan Nelson start in which he really struggled. Brent Strom said for me, he was talking about pitch tipping, which of yeah. course is a pretty serious thing. I mean, if you're tipping pitches in this league, you're going to get smacked. Um, and yeah, so Ryan was asked about that after the game, he talked about how it is a top, a frequent topic of conversation. And he also said, I believe this is pretty much an exact quote. Maybe I'm getting a, a couple words mixed up here, but what Ryan Nelson said after the game is if anyone wants to tell me what I'm doing, you know, that would be great. Yeah. Uh, the diamondbacks have not been able to uncover anything at this point. Um, and maybe that means that he's actually not tipping and it's just him you know, making mistakes and other teams taking advantage of those mistakes. But he pointed to a pitch that, that Xander Bogarts had a long way in this game. I believe it was a, uh, a fastball on the inside part of the plate and talked about how statistically that's not a pitch that Xander Bogarts generally hits very well. And yet in this game, it kind of seemed like he was ready for it. So there is this kind of mystery right now with Ryan Nelson where the Diamondbacks wonder if he's tipping pitches but they haven't been able to figure out if that's actually happening at this point. So uh, we'll have the video here of Ryan talking about that here in a couple minutes. That's really wild to me. And the reason why I say that is because with everything that teams have available to them in, in the modern day of baseball, you would think that if he was tipping pitches, they could find out what he was doing. It's, it's one thing, you know, kind of like we talked about with the mechanics, like with Alec Thomas, we talked about, I talked about a little bit ago uh, with Corbin Carroll's struggles, you know, his swing mechanics and, you know, well, we, we've, we've not really seen much changed, but we don't really know if ever since that injury, there's something that's kind of going on uh, in his head, potentially when he's swinging, that's just, you know, one of, one of the, one of the things that's causing him to have struggles right now, offensively. Right. But uh, you know, with mechanical things, you would just think that, okay, I understand him maybe not being able to change it, but not being able to identify it seems problematic. Brent Strom kind yeah. of held his cards close to the vest when he talked about it and said uh, that he didn't want to discuss what right. Ryan Nelson was doing. So that felt like they might. Well, it would be, it would be just a uh, complete malpractice as a pitching yes. coach to come yes. out and be like, yeah, yeah Here, let let's tell everybody what his, what his tell is right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like that would be a terrible, absolutely terrible move. But uh, we do still have to give our King snake to somebody. Uh, and I know, and sometimes we don't, and I know that that's just a rule that's kind of loose around these parts. But uh, tonight we're giving it to Cattell Marte because Cattell still is Cattell. When you look at Cattell's numbers, Cattell's still doing it. Maybe nobody else on the team is really doing it, but Cattell's still doing it. Two for four. He gets his 19th home run of the season, which when we tweeted about uh, people – very much did not care, and I understand. I very much understand that as well. Uh, he had one RBI and two runs scored. So uh, Cattell Marte continues to be what the Diamondbacks need him to be. Unfortunately, um, his teammates can't really pick up the slack. And tonight is one of those nights where, like uh, like I was saying, offensively it still felt like they struggled quite a bit, but they were still able to put five runs up on the board. And it's just so ironic that in games where – their starting pitching allows two runs, three runs. They can't muster up anything. But on a night like tonight, they're able to get five runs up on the board uh, in a game that essentially that became meaningless because their pitching staff gave up so many runs. The Scott McGuff three yeah. runs in the ninth are just was was 
just the icing on the cake that really took my breath away with with this one i mean one run would have been enough to do it it really didn't matter the diamondbacks weren't able to you know match the total of seven runs that they had scored prior to that but just the fact that they were able to come in and distance themselves so for so much further in the ninth to truly not giving the the d-backs a chance to even think about answering back is just the way things are going for them right now yeah, I asked Tori after the game if if using Paul Seawald in a in, in a spot like that is something that he'd consider. Obviously, the D-backs were down two runs, so not not a safe situation, not a not a normal situation, you know, that you would use your closer in. But at the same time, Diamondbacks are really desperate to get a win right now. Like this team is extremely desperate to get a win. I know, you know, you can look at the standings and say no game is a is a must-win game. Technically, no, yeah, technically, sure. You know, no, no game is a must-win game. But at the same time, they're all must-win now, Jesse. They're, they're all, all must-win games. They're all must-win games for this Diamondbacks <laughs> team. They've lost twenty-five out of thirty-two. They've lost nine games in a row. You've got a pretty darn good pitcher over there in Paul Seawald. I know he didn't look good on Sunday, but the man has a pretty darn good track record and is is pretty clearly the best overall reliever in that bullpen. And he's the one guy that the Diamondbacks never use because he, there are no save situations right now, right? It's kind of like this, this unspoken risk of having a bad bullpen in trading for a closer at the deadline because you don't know if you're going to have any save situations. And that guy <laughs> might just sit in the bullpen for weeks, which is exactly what's happened. The Diamondbacks yeah. acquired Paul Seawald on, on Monday, right? July 31st. They got him out to the team on Tuesday, August 1st. He didn't pitch in his first game until Saturday, which was a, a complete mop-up role. The Diamondbacks lost that game by 11 runs. He gets his first save situation on Sunday, which was 10 days after his previous save opportunity. He gets blown up in that game, and now he hasn't pitched since. And it's Friday going on Saturday, right? Like Disgusting. this is this is it's it's, it's bad. It's not good to have a guy yeah. sit for that long. And I understand Tori kind of wanting to <laughs> stick to you know the the rigidity of of the closer role and what that usually means. But I don't know. At least for me personally, if I'm in that spot, I'm like, you know what? We got a two run deficit. We at least have a fighting chance to win this game. I might have thrown Paul Seawald in this game if it was me personally. Uh, and granted, there are many reasons why I am not a major league manager. So Very true. I am not Mostly saying I have all the answers. But yes. yeah, that, that, would, that would be probably... Never played baseball. Yeah. There's a lot of reasons to get into it, but we don't have that kind of time. There's quite uh, a lot. We do have the Paul Seawald, or no, I'm sorry, excuse me, Ryan Nelson video here from uh, his outing. And again, Ryan Nelson, not very good tonight. Uh, He's talking he in, didn't really in give the video. Arizona Diamondbacks much of a chance to win. Yeah, no, he he didn't. Three, you know, six runs in in three innings for for the second straight start. But just to preface this video, this is the video where he's asked the question about pitch tipping. It's interesting. We we talk about tipping pitches a lot. Uh, if anybody knows what I'm doing, they would like to tell me. That'd be nice. But uh, yeah, we can't seem to figure out if that is the case or if it's not. I can't pick it up. Would that make sense to you? Uh, maybe. Yeah, I. Or do you feel like there's enough mistakes mixed in that? Um, there's there's some that like 
I think that are confusing, like the heater inside Bogarts today. Like that was uh, a pitch that he numbers-wise doesn't hit very well. And could it just be luck that he was guessing fastball and got it? Maybe, but. Doesn't sound like it was luck. At least doesn't sound like he thinks it was luck. And my yeah. my heart goes out to him because he it, it doesn't sound like frustration. He sounds like he's completely lost as far as what he is doing. Somebody said it back in the chat, but they said like, what if he's not tipping his pitches? What if he's just throwing bad pitches? And that's that could be true, you know, because we have some information in regards to the Diamondbacks overall big picture picture issues and some of them uh, do question if ryan nelson is actually a major league caliber starter which we'll get to here shortly but uh, we thank you guys for being here in the phnx sports youtube channel right now if you haven't subscribed already to the channel do so now sign up for notifications that way you don't miss when any of our shows go live leave us a little thumbs up we always appreciate the encouragement especially after a loss we like to know that it's just not getting pinned on us that's all we like to know but if you're listening on the audio podcasting side please subscribe to us there leave us a review we always appreciate that feedback um if you aren't a phnx diehard yet sign up today uh it pays for itself right away you get yourself a free piece of merchandise including these hats these shirts everything i'm wearing right now uh no i won't send you mine but you will get one just like this if you want it or one of the other wonderful shirts or choices that we have get a free piece of merchandise from the phnxlocker.com 20 percent off all future purchases you get a free uh mountain mics gift certificate up to 50 for 50 you get yourself a dobson ranch ranch card and so much more you get uh, jesse's newsletter full count which dives into everything he's talking about about paul seawald and and how good he could be but we we don't know because if we don't get to see him pitch we'll never know uh you get that and so much more so join us today over here at gophnx.com become part of our family and of course today was friday and we hope you got down on nerfy friday i attempted to and then uh christian walker single double triple walker he did what he did and uh but the beautiful part about it was i bet 50 dollars on this game for there to be no runs in the first inning and because only one run was scored, I get my $50 back. That's how BetMGM has your back. Get down on the Nerfy Fridays, of course. You opt in for the promotion. You place a no-run first-inning bet on any MLB game. You bet no on will there be a run in the first-inning market. If your bet loses but only one run is scored during the first inning, you will receive a bonus back uh, bonus bet equaling your stake. Normally, it's $25. The last two Fridays, it has been $50. So I, I hit my Nerfy last Friday. Missed it this one, but I got my free bet back. Of course, this is available only on Fridays. And if you haven't signed up for the BetMGM app yet, use bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, you place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets if it loses with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for full details. And now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., <clears throat> Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-522-4700, Nevada. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Kansas, Nevada, New York, or Ontario. All right. And uh, in the chat, uh, one of our favorite naysayers, Thunderbolt 47, says this is a team full of NPCs. Jesse, do you know what an NPC is? 
I'm not going to lie. I don't know what an NGC Don't. That's fine. I didn't expect you to. I was at the Game On Expo tonight, which is a convention here in Phoenix for video game lovers and aficionados and whatnot. And it is a video game term meaning non-playable character. It's like when you play a game and there's just that person standing there not doing anything, not taking any action, but there's like scenery, but they're there. And maybe your character might bump into them or something like that. But aside from that, they're just useless scenery. And right now, he's absolutely right. At times, this team is playing like a team full of NPCs. That's so it's uh, so it's it's like the opposite of, of OP right that's a that's a thing in video game like yeah that. yes yeah, that's also yeah. a song by mega ran so you're getting you're on the you're on oh, the board yeah, here but yeah <laughs> that's that's when you're overpowered uh but that is not a description for this team right now because they are not overpowered they have some very big picture problems right now and a lot of it revolves around uh honestly what to do about their pitching we've talked about in some of these losses over this now nine game losing streak that the Diamondbacks pitching hasn't been responsible for all of it, the entirety of it. In fact, yeah, at times, been pretty good. it's been pretty good, right? Yeah. Um, but tonight's starter, Ryan Nelson, has struggled at times, and especially two out of his last three starts, there have been questions, again, about him tipping pitches and uh, just his overall effectiveness. He doesn't seem, uh, like I said, in two of the three starts, he seems like he is completely ineffective out there on the mound. So, uh we have to start questioning if Ryan Nelson is actually a major league caliber starter. And, and is he a future piece of this diamondback starting rotation? It's a really, yeah, I think it's an important question that this team is going to have to grapple with. Uh, I mean, Ryan Nelson at this point, I believe his ERA is at five, four, seven, which is out of 64 qualified starters in baseball. That is 62nd. That is third. Third highest from the, from third the highest. bottom of the list. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a problem. Like good teams don't have guys with five and a half ERAs in their rotation, right? Like this, this level of performance is not going to cut it. If the diamondbacks are, are looking to turn things around next season, obviously, you know, he's a young pitcher. He's still relatively inexperienced. I still think he's, He's interesting. You know, he's not a pitcher you give up on entirely by any means. Um, but I mean, the guy's got like, I think it's 5.9 Ks per nine, 5.9 Ks per nine. That's really low, especially for a guy who's throwing mid nineties with, with rise. Like he's got a pretty good swing and miss fastball and he just doesn't strike anyone out. That's, that's the problem that, that Ryan Nelson has had pretty much throughout this entire season. He's just not getting enough swing and miss. He got 11 whiffs today, which was which was better than his last couple starts. That's a decent number, but only I think two of them were were with with two strikes. There's a difference between getting a whiff early in a count, you know, versus being able to to throw that big pitch to put a guy away with two strikes. And that's one thing that Ryan talked about after the game as being you know an, an issue for him right now. And there's just no clear path for me, Derek. Like the fastball is good. But outside of that, the changeup, the slider, the cutter, the curveball, he throws a variety of pitches. And every now and then you see one that's like, yeah, let's do that again. Like, that was a good pitch. Like, I want to see another one of those. But the consistency just isn't quite there. And none of them are really nasty, I wouldn't say. Like, they're, they're decent, but they're not like – none of them are going to be like great consistent out pitches, I don't think, yeah. without making some sort of adjustment. So – it's not a pull the plug entirely sort of a thing, but going into next year, I think it's a question you have to ask. Like, is Ryan Nelson penciled in already for a rotation spot next season? I don't think you can really be there anymore. 
first of all, I don't think it's too drastic that you're already talking about next season. And I just wanted to point that I out. Do you realize that? Yeah. I think that tells a lot about <laughs> where we're at right now. But it it is a good question. It is a good it's a good thing to start looking forward. Like how many pitchers on the Diamondbacks pitching staff right now do we really want to see as part of this starting rotation next year? Who do we want to see come back? I mean, Obviously, Zach Gallon and Merrill Kelly, that's not even a question about those two. But then you start looking at Brandon Fott, Tommy Henry, Ryan Nelson. None of those guys really right now stick out to you. I think of, of those three, based on his performance in the minor leagues, everything scouts have had to say at him, and even of what we've seen at him at times in the major leagues, I feel like Brandon Fott is still the guy that you want to you know, still feel like of those three is the one that will probably – turn out to have the to be the best major league pitcher but there's also a lot of talk in the chat about if you throw ryan nelson on the dodgers right now he turns into a cy young candidate and i hate that (laughs) because they're right um but i mean seriously who from this rotation do we really want to see back and more importantly who from the bullpen do we want to see come back i mean Lord knows we want we want to see Paul Seawald pitch eventually. So in order for that to happen, he's going to need to come back next season. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, yeah, I I another thing that that factors into this. Speaking of both the rotation and the bullpen, is what the Diamondbacks did with Dre Jameson this year. I saw someone mention it in the chat earlier. You know, did the Diamondbacks way back in spring training make the wrong choice picking Ryan Nelson over Dre Jameson? in you know to to open the year in the rotation my personal sense at the time was that dre jameson's stuff seemed to play a little bit better like it it just made a little more sense to me he had the you know the sinker which which is a good ground ball pitch form kept hitters off balance a little bit the four seamer not a great pitch not quite as good as his velocity suggests but 97 will play at least on some level in the majors you know wipe out slider like the dre jameson slider probably the best slider uh in the entire diamondbacks organization it, it is a ridiculous level out pitch and we we've seen glimpses of that this year i don't want to necessarily say like of course i i was right and you know dre jameson had a little bit of a stint in the rotation and he didn't really look all that great so yeah i don't think yeah. it's clear what the outcome there would have been either but obviously what the d-backs did with dre was was weird and and now he's injured and it's a little unclear you know, if there's a connection between his injury and how the Diamondbacks have used him this year, it's a question you at least have to ask. But yeah, I go back to the beginning of the season and wonder, you know, if Dre Jameson had, had opened the year in the rotation, would he would he be pitching better than Ryan Nelson and maybe still be healthy? It's a question we, we can't really get an answer to, but I think it's it's a very valid one to ask. Um, and then when it comes to, like I said, the bullpen, the bullpen – you know, Kevin Ginkle, I think, has done an excellent job. Paul Seawald, we haven't seen enough of to really have an opinion on. Uh, They're going to bring Paul Seawald back. You're not, you're not trading that that haul. Oh yeah, to get Paul no, no, Seawald no. And then, you know, non-tendering him at the end of the season or something like that. But like Joe Mansupply, the Diamondbacks' only All Star last year, has really struggled ever since the All Star game last year. He's had his own struggles. Scott McGuff continues to be an anomaly. Sometimes he's the sexiest man in Phoenix. At other times, he's <laughs> Uh, public enemy number one. And I mean, tonight was a case for that because he nearly pitched an entire uh, outing in, in the ninth inning. It felt like he was going to go 86 pitches uh, deep. You know, it felt like that's how long that inning was going to go. Uh, and then there's Miguel Castro, who still at times looks very good, has very outings, very good outings. And then again, you just you don't know what you're going to get 
out of them. It, you you brought it up earlier, but consistency is the key for all of these guys that they all lack, that they're all missing, and it's the thing that makes you not only a very good baseball player, but a great baseball player. I could go out there and swing the bat a fucking hundred times, Jesse. I'm going to hit it maybe once. That's that's the difference. I might even hit it really well one time, but that's all that's going to happen, right? Like the consistency is what makes baseball players good baseball players. And the fact that yeah. you can go out there and do it night in, night out. This bullpen, I mean, it just you, – you can't really say that about many parts of this bullpen – and uh, even the parts that you could say that about, like Kevin Ginkle, have were actually sent down at one point this season. So it's just it's been a very frustrating uh, ordeal to to kind of look at who in the bullpen you would bring back and which pieces uh, are are kind of valuable to to build around going forward. One one nugget on on Miguel Castro that I want to point out real quick. He's at fifty two appearances this year. And his contract is interesting. The way that the Miguel Castro contract is structured, his option next season is a team option, pretty much certainly at this point. There was also a clause about it becoming a player option if he finished 40 games. That's not going to happen. So as of right now, it stands as being a team option for next year. However, if Miguel Castro reaches 60 appearances this year, that team option vests and becomes guaranteed. So if the Diamondbacks don't want Miguel Castro next year, they don't want to pay for him next year, then they're going to have to cut him from the team before he reaches eight more appearances. Because once he reaches number 60, that option vests and is secured for next season. So I guess we're maybe going to get an answer as far as his future uh, a little bit sooner. I think someone also mentioned Kyle Nelson in the chat. He's a guy that I think has had a pretty good year. Uh, You'd probably pencil him in for next year. He struggled in the later innings. I don't know if he's really an eighth or ninth inning type of a guy, Um, but you know, in the sixth and seventh inning, he's been pretty effective this year. So he's probably a, probably a guy that would, that would make the cut. Uh, Big shout out to BCOM C clearly with our second uh, super chat of the night. Uh, he sent $2 and said, I'm starting to like Frias. Luis Frias is very, very good. Uh, but I, I think I said this already, but Miguel Castro and Luis Frias together as tag team champions in my wrestling promotion, just a confirmed <laughs> moneymaker, just a confirmed <laughs> moneymaker. Those two guys are awesome together. But um, yeah, I'm starting to like Frias. I mean, I, I, <sighs> Like that's the frustrating part about this team. And and honestly, you could say that's the frustrating thing with the success they've had this season. Now with the success they've had this season, these guys aren't really allowed to develop because now wins and losses are so important that they're hanging on these young players who are still learning how to play major league baseball and learning how to make mistakes and learning how not to make mistakes. And like there's there's a couple of guys like Scott McGuff even you could put in there considering how long he hasn't been in Major League Baseball that they're still trying to find their way. I mean, even Paul Sewald in that terrible outing he had, it's only, you know, his second outing first save opportunity with the new yeah. team. So, like there there's a lot of growing pains with baseball. My wife tonight was talking to me about like just why it takes so long for a guy to come back from injury. And I was like, cuz any other sport when you're not injured anymore, that's when you go back into playing. Like, okay, you're done, you're healthy, you play again. In baseball, that's when you start swinging the bat again. And that's when you start going to, you know, Salt River Fields and practicing again and getting in, like, you know, uh, you know, it, it, whatever at-bats you can get and then going to the minor leagues and everything like that. Like, baseball really is a sport where you, you, you have to ramp up. And right now, sometimes when you're a young player, 
you 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 also have to ramp up in your career and you have to figure a lot of things out i i think that the problem is is that if the diamondbacks were to make some of those drastic trades at the trade deadline that a lot of us admittedly wanted to see them make uh you know we were going to see these guys after struggling on this team go elsewhere and probably find their way and then we're all gonna stomp (laughs) on our hats because they went off to became a, a great major league reliever with another team or starting pitcher or whatever and you know that's kind of the position the diamondbacks are in right now is still trying to be patient with this team be patient with the results and know that they were just still ahead of schedule and that's really what it comes down to i mean we could really look at a lot of the everyday starters that the diamondbacks have in their current starting lineup because there's really not that many i mean obviously corbin carroll and could tell marte uh christian walker again we talked about how great he is as a defensive uh first baseman yeah somebody that he's, you want to build he's around. clearly like yeah and, thinking about everyday players for next year he's clearly one for sure yeah Right. And um, Gabriel Moreno, who we miss very much right now. Uh, And I mean, when you look at like Perdomo, Carroll, Moreno, even even maybe an Alec Thomas and and, and a Jake McCarthy, these are guys that I want this team to build around personally, because I feel like they've all shown a lot of promise. And even though they've their results haven't been great at times this year, I still feel like these guys should be that core that you that you build around going forward. But I've also felt like that about past teams and part of that core in the past probably involved a Carson Kelly or a Nick Ahmed at at that time when the Diamondbacks were still kind of finding their way or when you kind of go back to like 2017 and those kind of seasons. And, you know, now here we are like just waiting out the clock when it comes to some some of those players that have been a part of this franchise. Yeah. I mean, thinking about like next season, you know, which, which are the, which position players on this team do you feel really good about penciling into the lineup on an everyday basis? And, and like, you know, if you give them a full season of at bats, they're, they're going to be good players. Sure. I think it's, I think it's those four players that you mentioned from the top. It's Cattell Marte, Corbin Carroll, Christian Walker, and, and Gabriel Moreno, who obviously is a, is a catcher and, you know, probably not going to play every single day. But yeah, those are kind of your players, your position players that you're building around in my mind. After that, there's a lot of guys that just haven't really established themselves yet. Like, is Alec Thomas an everyday player in the majors? You'd like to think so. He's still really young and has a lot of promise, but he hasn't figured out how to hit lefties yet. And the D-backs haven't really given him a chance to do that because they're trying to win games and they're not really starting him against lefties. They didn't start him against Blake Snell today. So you're not really getting, he's not really getting that opportunity. And Jake McCarthy, like, is he an everyday player in, in major league baseball? He's got a mid 600, mid 600 OPS, you know, the stolen bases are nice, but that's not really the, the, you know, that's not really the, the profile of an everyday player at this point. So even Geraldo Perdomo, who is an all-star, I know, Uh, I think someone just mentioned it in the chat that they might not be totally sold on him. I think that's kind of valid. Like his numbers have dropped off. You know, he's had a couple of big blunders in the, in the last week with the bunting and whatnot, but you know, he's just not really making solid contact. And we noticed that early in the season, it kind of seemed like he was overperforming. And I think that's sort of starting to catch up to him now. Uh, Well, we thank you guys again for being here in the chat. And of course uh, I am overcoming this loss with a four peaks joy bus wow we which is very ironic um because i'm not on the joy bus jesse so when i'm drinking this <laughs> beer it's more like uh 
me envisioning myself during the 115 degrees uh you know days here in arizona like on a beach in a place like san diego where it's 79 degrees there every single day can you imagine being a weather person in san diego jesse your job would be yeah, so be really easy. really boring actually yeah it would yeah. I, it would just you would you would get credit for doing a job that you really wouldn't have to put much work into but uh, <laughs> i will tell you that i get over all of my losses with our friends from four peaks and i thank them very much uh, for being the official craft beer of the arizona diamondbacks now make sure to meet us tomorrow uh, for our takeover event uh tomorrow is a throwback jersey giveaway night and of course it's our phnx takeover we will be meeting at the four peaks draft room at chase field so uh, if you have tickets for that we will meet up there uh if you don't have tickets for that maybe meander on over maybe you can still come hang out with us uh you can check out the events page in our show notes to find dates and tickets for our future takeover events you can also follow four peaks uh, on social media at four peaks brewer at four peaks pub to keep up with the latest at arizona's hometown brewery must be 21 or older to drink four peaks and please drink responsibly you can find four peaks at circle k by the way and if you don't uh you can all get all your beer get all your beer get all your get all of your thirst needs out of the way at circle k it is america's thirst stop it is the best place for coffee beer and snack selection and premium gas uh the polar pops there stay cold longer according to derek and the little derek the derek my soul that's trapped in the gas station pump uh you can buy power aids four for five dollars and also be entered into what is becoming a very complicated contest where you are one of 10 finalists potentially to win a 2023 ford big ben bronco suv but then there's like a single elimination tournament involving damon and sean for you to go through after that to actually get the truck so i definitely read the fine print on that entire deal but you can also get buy two get one free monster energy drinks and buy two get one free beatbox hard tea make sure you're not missing out on all this great stuff at circle k right now text phnx to 31310 and you will join their sms subscriber club and you also get a buy one get one free offer on 32 ounce polar pops so head to circlek.com slash store dash locator to find circle k's near you um talked quite a bit obviously all season long about the minor leagues we've also talked about how the diamondbacks uh need to build this team through the minor leagues like they have uh, but uh let's get some minor league updates in in, <laughs> in regards to some of the things been going down i know davison de los santos was named the organizational minor league player of the month for july uh, and he really i mean we we talked about him struggling early on in the season and not really being that number three prospect that mlb pipeline had him you know, had him listed at, but man, he really turned things on in July. Sorry. I'm, I'm amused by John's comment. Uh, John said, I am recovering from spinal fusion surgery. I had yesterday, and this is more enjoyable than watching the D-Max. <laughs> John, we love you, John. And we're so sorry, John, my God, if I can yes. bring you a coffee or something. Let me know. But um, we, we got to get John's thoughts on the minor league system, of course, but Jesse, uh d d l s what are your thoughts on de los santos yeah so the diamondbacks named him as you said their minor league player of the month for july which is really fascinating because davis and de los santos spent half of july on the development list uh the development list is basically if you're just you know at some level in the minors and really really struggling and so the diamondbacks make the decision to send you out to uh, salt river fields out here to arizona work with some coaches and just kind of, you know, tear things down and build them can up you, a little bit. Can you participate in like the Arizona complex league or anything like that? Or is that 
just i think that would be separate yeah i think that would be separate um so yeah you're basically just there to kind of just work on stuff essentially um and so davis and de los santos was sent to the development list on july 1st he was activated back to amarillo on july 14th so he spent about half of july on the development list just kind of working through things he had a really rough start to the season and yeah after returning he's been really really good for the Amarillo sod poodles hit 364 20 for 55 the rest of the month with a 978 OPS um and he also he reached base safely in every single game he played in the month so it's a really interesting choice by the Diamondbacks I'm not sure exactly who makes the decision of who is the the player of the month I I kind of feel like they're um you know just really trying to give him a vote of confidence by giving him you know, this honor, even though he only played a couple of weeks worth of games, but to his credit, he was really, really good in, in those games. It really looks like Davison De Los Santos, you know, appears to be turning a corner and the guy's still really young. He's 20 years old. Right. Yeah. So even though things were really ugly for him earlier in the season, he still has, a, you know, he still has plenty of time to try to develop and, and figure things out. So one of the more interesting prospects in the system, there's loads of raw power there. And, and we're starting to see him get to it a little bit more. There's a lot of raw power right now in the minor league system for the Diamondbacks, but it just, you got to always wonder, is it, is it that Amarillo Reno effect? Because yeah. those, those scores can be pretty crazy. Like tonight's score where the Reno aces uh, won by a score of 14 to seven over the bees. And part of that win was Gabriel Moreno playing uh, DH uh, he went three for four, two runs scored, two RBI, and a walk. So, Gabby's back, folks. Gabby is back. He's and, he's uh, almost back. He's not he's back to the back. majors yet, but I think he's going to be back pretty soon. Uh, we filmed a, a video, or I filmed a video on it earlier, so you might have seen it on our on our YouTube channel with a, a bit of an injury update there. But if you haven't seen that, I'll talk about it here as well. Uh, Gabby Moreno appears to be returning to the Diamondbacks very soon. Uh, he played a, in a rehab game down in the rookie league yesterday on Thursday. They promoted him up to Reno tonight. I believe he just DH'd in this game, didn't catch. Uh, but, you know, there's a couple more games this weekend there in Reno. And it sounds like, I think it's at least possible, based on what we heard today, that Gabby could be activated and join the Diamondbacks in Denver for their series against the Rockies, which starts on Monday. So you might only be, you know, 72 hours away from seeing Gabby Moreno back in a Diamondbacks uniform. And yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot of people who are ready for that. It's, it's, it's become clear. There's a big gap, but even though Gabby Moreno still has some developing to do on his own, there's a really big gap between Moreno's level of performance and what the Diamondbacks have gotten from Jose Herrera and Carson Kelly. Agreed. Agreed. I couldn't agree more. Uh, another name that a lot of Diamondbacks fans not be, may not be very familiar with is Dylan Ray, who was named the organizational minor league pitcher of the month for July. Uh, he went 4-0, Jesse, with a 0.72 ERA, a 0.72 whip, and a one, uh, 0.155 batting average against him for his opponents. And uh, that's in – that is – just to remind you, that, that is in uh, the PCL. Is that right? Is that what they play? No, that's not in the PCL. That's in no. the, 
That's in the Northwest League, although he oh, was okay. also named the Northwest League Pitcher of the Month. So That's even right. relative to his league, that was a nah, pretty darn – I'm not impressed. A 0.72 If it's not ERA. Amarillo and it's not in Reno, I don't care, Jesse. Never mind. Forget it. Throw it in the trash. <laughs> Those it, are some pretty good is, results, though. It is granted, yeah, the Northwest League is, is a pitcher-friendly environment, not a hitter-friendly environment. But, yeah, still really impressive stuff from Dylan Ray. Uh, I think you're going to see Dylan Ray rise up prospect rankings – I know, you know, a couple outlets just just released their their midseason lists. Uh, but, you know, going into next season, I think you're going to start to see Dylan Ray appear higher on some of these lists because he's he's been really promising for the Diamondbacks this season. He's made 19 starts down in Hillsboro, uh, you know, an ERA just over four. But the peripherals are really good. 30 walks, 103 strikeouts and 84 in a third innings. There's some swing and miss there. There's a good rising fastball. There's some compelling secondary pitches, uh, you know, a 117 whip. He looks pretty good. Uh, he was the Diamondbacks' fourth-round selection uh, in, in the draft last year, and so far he, he's really lived up to the bill. Wouldn't be shocked if, if you know, maybe he gets up to double-A at, at some point before, before the end of the year. Meanwhile, another uh, draft pick by the Arizona Diamondbacks, Tommy Troy, has struggled uh, a little bit there in Hillsboro. Yeah, he he hit like a monstrous home run in in I don't know if it was his first game. It was like one of yeah. his first few games yeah. in, in Hillsborough. It was an absolute really shot to yeah. A lot of people got a lot got very excited. It was a it was a shot to straightaway center. I, you know, we were just talking about Dylan Ray. This is the same same team. This is Hillsborough. It's it's a pitcher friendly environment. It's not easy to, to homer to straightaway center uh, at Ron Tonkin Field, and that's exactly what Tommy Troy did. Uh, there, it appears there's a little bit more power in there than, than maybe some people realize. Some defensive highlights floating around as well. I, I think he's looked pretty good uh, at shortstop. But, yeah, he's fallen off a little bit. It, it's, a, it's a really small sample size, but 167, 244, 361, that's his batting line since being promoted to, to Hillsborough. So, uh, you know, a guy could be a fast riser uh, through the system, but hit a little bit of a, a roadblock here in these first couple weeks. Well, the Diamondbacks could definitely use whatever help they could get from the minor league system or whatever the hell they could get it from now. Let's take a look at these probables for this series. We talked uh, the other day about this being, uh, you know, Slade Ciccone and then Ryan Nelson and then Zach Gallen. Then we got word from the team uh, that they went ahead and skipped Slade in the in the rotation or his spot in the rotation. So uh, now we are left uh, with the one thing we wanted, folks, which is uh, – I guess you could say it's it's milk dick mountain time because Zach Gallon is going uh, on, on the mound for our takeover game against Rich Hill. Uh, and then we have Brandon Fott starting in the finale against Lugo. Yeah, tomorrow is, I mean, th- that that's the game, right? It's Zach Gallon against the game, Tim Jesse. Hill. I, I know that we've maybe said this before. Zach Gallon made game. his last start against Dallas Keuchel, uh, which also felt like a game the Diamondbacks should win, but... Yeah, that was on the road, though, right? That was on the road. That's true. Zach Gallon at home, you know, against against Rich Hill. I think you feel you feel pretty good about it, as good as you can feel through the Arizona Diamondbacks as as far as pitching matchups go. And uh, and yeah, and that that Sunday game, you know, Seth Lugo's a a good pitcher, but he's not a great pitcher. And uh, Brandon fought, you know, what was good in the first part of that Dodgers start fell apart a little bit in the fifth inning, but I think he's looked a lot better in, in this most recent stint up from the minors. So two decent pitching matchups. If you're the diamondbacks way better than the game today, right? I get it. One, maybe 
positive takeaway, silver lining of sorts from this game is that this is sort of the game in the series that the Diamondbacks were clearly, quote unquote, supposed to lose, right? It's Blake Snell, who is arguably the favorite for the Cy Young, at least in that conversation, along with Zach Gallen. Um, and against Ryan Nelson, who, you know, gave up six runs his last time out and only threw three innings. And he's never good at home. And yeah, also has really, really struggled in this ballpark. So if you're the Diamondbacks, you know, you need to win pretty much any game at this point. So I, I don't want to say you're okay losing this one, but this is by far the least favorable matchup of the series uh, that, that we saw here tonight. Which means the Diamondbacks are going to lose 20 to nothing. So look forward Correct. to being there in person. <laughs> uh, we've talked to you guys about our friends over at Wink, by the way. Uh, and of course, we've talked about their Wink drink being just a wink of THC. Well, if that's a wink of THC, Countdown by Wink is just some guy coming to you at a party and be like, hot up Derek, right? Because that's oh my gosh, how you just you them. just blew the ears off of so many people. <laughs> I guess on audio, Damon's gonna put it through like the levelator thing, yeah. and maybe the it's audio still, people are gonna be okay. Anything. But all of the YouTube viewers just yeah, absolutely that's fine. Right they now. deserve it. They deserve <laughs> it uh, because Countdown is amazing, and it takes you on an absolute liftoff. It's a nano emulsion uh, cannabis infused beverage that uh, delivers a sky high blast of 25 milligrams of THC. It comes with a little lid that you can uh, actually decide if, 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 if you're so inclined, you can measure out how much you're actually drinking so that you don't drink the full can. Uh, but if you're ready to escape the ordinary, you're just moments away from liftoff with Countdown. Currently available in only seven states, and Arizona is one of them. So make sure to try them out. You can find Wink right here in Arizona. Look for Wink uh, Countdown by Wink in, at all Sunday Good dispensaries in the Valley and Botanica Dispensary in Tucson. There, uh, The Wink drink is now available in 12 states nationwide and even recently launched online ordering and home delivery to about a dozen others. Fastest uh, the fastest way to get your hands on one, go to drinkwink, and that's W-Y-N-K.com. And also, uh, check out our friends at Shady Rays at ShadyRays.com. They are a premium sunglass that does not cost you a premium price uh, an independent sunglasses company with a world-class product that's good just as good as any other sunglasses but most importantly they are backed by an insane lost and broken replacement plan if you lose or break your shady rays on day one uh, they will send you a new pair no questions asked they have your back long after you purchase and they also have your back when it comes to returning or getting a new pair of shady rays because if you don't like your shady rays you can exchange them for a new pair return them for free within 30 days you can also shop their entire collection here in town at kirlin's commons uh kirlin commons a full stop shop for all things shady rays exclusively for our listeners shady rays is giving out the best deal of the season go to shadyrays.com and use code phnx to get 50 percent off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses try for yourself the shades rated by five uh five stars by over two hundred and fifty thousand people and again we I thank love, so many I love of you my for, shady rays you got your shady rays with you did you find them did you lose them i you know what i actually did find them i as of this moment derek know where my shady rays are i'm so proud of you which which is a sign of how valuable they are to me they are as i've yeah. talked about on the past I just lose sunglasses. I lose. You everything. lose everything. Let's I lose, be honest. I, I've You're the only person I know that's left office. his laptop somewhere and yeah, forgot it I, behind. I leave my wallet like half the places <laughs> I go. I I'm really good at losing things. That's why Shady Rays has your back with their lost and broken replacement plan, and they mean it. I'm telling you, sunglasses are the one thing we lose. We lose. We put them places. We sit on them. They we get lost in between the couch cushions. It, it, they go wherever, but 
uh you don't have to worry about that with shady rays because they'll get you a new pair also uh if you did not get tickets to our takeover event a great way to still join us tomorrow night is by checking out game time game time is the place for last minute ticket deals and of course we are here at the last minute so if you have decided you want to go tomorrow night's game get that throwback jersey you can buy your tickets on game time uh, it's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason it's aesthetically pleasing and it will give you the lowest price on tickets that you can find last minute for shows concerts and events so make sure to not miss out on the game tomorrow and of course you can snag the stick tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and use our code of phnx for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms do apply again create an account and redeem code phnx for twenty dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed uh well we thank you guys so much for joining us uh we will we really look forward to seeing you guys out there at ford peaks draft room tomorrow night for our takeover event so make sure to join us ryan asks can shady rays replace this broken team jesse i'm putting in a call tonight i'm calling i'm calling our <laughs> contact uh at shady rays i'm gonna say look i know you guys said it's just the sunglasses but what if the team wearing the sunglasses has come up missing or is broken. Can you guys do anything about that? So we'll figure it out, but yeah, uh, yeah. Sports sports fandom should also come with like lost or lost or broken guarantees, right? If your team is broken, then, you know, they'll replace it for free. Is that, that's how, that's how sports fandom is supposed to work. I told everybody was wondering where Sean was when this show started. I said, they broke him. He's dead. Now Sean's dead. The disappointment (laughs) killed Sean. And that's why she's not on the podcast tonight, but of course, uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Follow first Sean, the deceased Sean DePaz at Sean underscore DePaz. Follow me. I am at Cap underscore Caveman with a K. Jesse is at Jesse and Freeman. We are Damon's dogs. Of course, you can follow Damon at Damon Dog, D-A-W-G on Twitter. He's always starting shit over there. But of course, uh, our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs uh, and all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We thank you guys so much for joining us tonight we appreciate your time and remember kids baseball is fun but it's way more fun when you don't lose 10 games in a row